long last, welcome back to another episode of the Away Days podcast, criminally late after the national championship, I might add, and I blame Leith and Ferg alone. I've texted them countless times, and I can't blame them for, for avoiding it, because they, they knew it was coming, and if you guys hoped that by filibustering and delaying the recording of this podcast till over a week after the game was going to change the ass ripping that both of y'all are about to endure then you're wrong because them fucking dogs as i whispered in the microphone at the end of the last episode won the whole thing i was there i was in indy first time in 41 years gonna remember that for the rest of my life but before I just unleash on this podcast, welcome, Lathan Ferg. It's about damn time. <laughs> hey, it's old news now. We might as well go ahead and move on to soccer, right? Don't you agree? Yeah, even I would say that. Uh, we yeah. could if you actually watched any, Lathan, but I still have my doubts that you did. I watched some Classico this week. I'll give you the... I did. <clears throat> hey, I'm looking for a new sport now, now that I'm out of college football. Like, out of the college football scene, so I may hop on... Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to uh, to the portal update. But yeah, no, if you're if you're looking for a team to root for, Arsenal, we could always use some more people on the bandwagon. There's not enough. So. Koig. Koig. Exactly. Exactly. But again, welcome back to the Way Days Pod. A whole t- almost ten days after the national championship, but that is the first and only place to start. And I want to start by I have it highlighted. Honestly, minor. I'm only going to pour the slightest bit of respect on Ferg's name on this entire podcast. So I may as well get it out of the way. I highlighted his his take from from pre from pre national championship to to roast him in here. And since we all have access to the Google Doc, I honestly half expected Ferg to have deleted it before we started here. But at least as of me looking at it right now, it's still there. But Ferg, if you would be so kind as to read what your talking points for the national championship preview. Uh, going into that game. I can't seem to find my glasses, I'm afraid. (laughs) All right, this is what I said. Rematch, question mark? Another easy win for the Tide. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Bama Moneyline will be free money once more. (laughs) Exactly. Oof is fucking right, Lane. So... Hey, you, you've uh, heard me make my argument on hard to beat a good team twice. What do you think of it now? Yeah. So I look. I stood by it going into it that I that I don't just by default buy into it. Although you can't argue with the the stats that you know ESPN was throwing out there before the game, and honestly, that record has only improved. Like going into that game, I think like six times in college football history had two top five teams faced each other twice in the same season. And the team that lost the first leg, if you will, was like five and one or four and two and like overwhelmingly had the better record in Georgia. I mean, I guess proves that once again, but I, I, maybe there's something to it when it comes to really good teams and maybe like in the NFL as well too. But I don't, I still don't just buy into the fact that, Oh, it's hard to beat a good team twice. I think it's hard to beat a good team period, no matter how many times you've beat them already. But It was clear, though, that Georgia responded and learned more from that first game than Alabama did. Uh, We're going to talk about things that that contributed to the result, but Ferg, I know you have some absolute (laughs) blasphemy written on here, but I want to hear it from both of you guys right here. I'll I'll let you all have the floor first. How impressed were you, seriously, with that Georgia performance? I think it's unequivocally, there can be no debate now 
Georgia deserved to win the national championship, and they were the best team in the country. They were the best team all year, and they were the best team on Monday night, and they're the national champions. Yeah, I'm afraid I have to agree with you, unfortunately. Um, as much as I hate to admit it, Georgia has been the best team all year. I was hoping that Bama was going to you know, have a repeat performance in the Natty as it did in the SEC championship, but Georgia's defense came to play. You know, I want to say Bama beat themselves by having to settle for so many field That's goals. That's the blasphemy you have running <laughs> on here. But maybe, maybe, just maybe, they had to settle for field goals because Georgia's defense stood up in the red in the red zone and kept them out of the That's end zone. That's a thought. But certainly, but a thought. when the t- like, there were some big moments where Bama did beat themselves because the tight end got hawked when he had a walk-in touchdown. Okay, he's just no. slow. It's not beating yourself. <laughs> he's got, he's got to kick. Keely Ringo's faster than him. That's not beating yourself. You got to kick it into another gear. It's the natty. <laughs> you got to get on your horse. Yeah, right. And then, all right, so yeah, he got hawked. He had a chance to redeem himself. What does he do? He dropped the touchdown in the end zone, and then they had to settle for a field goal. Then it took Jamison Williams quite literally snapping his knee in half to keep another touchdown out of the off the board for Bama because let's face it, if he if he didn't snap his knee in half right there, he's breaking that safety and he's scoring easy. And that and that changed mm, their offense. I, no, I do I, agree. I yeah, I agree with what I said. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> no shit. Okay, Bama just had ahead. so many missed opportunities. They had chances and they couldn't get it done. But credit to Georgia, they they balled out and they were the most dominant team from start to finish this year. And I guess hats off to them. Reluctantly, <laughs> hey, there you go. Uh, I mean, this one This one basically looked a lot kind of how we thought the first one had looked. You know, going into the game, it was the defense that everyone was praising and obviously a big game in the SEC championship from the offense. But the defense really stepped up, I thought. First half, even without Williams playing, they still did a lot. But that set, the second half adjustments, I think, really sealed the deal for them because Georgia ran the ball a little bit in that first half. But second half, it almost seemed like Georgia could run the ball at will, whether it be Zamir White or uh, – eighth-year senior, James Cook, it didn't matter. They could basically do what they wanted. So really kind of imposing the will in the second half, and it kind of looked like they kind of took over from that point on. Yeah, I mean, having sat in the game, and I actually haven't watched a full game replay. I really need to do that. I'm really looking forward to do that, but I haven't yet. But from where I sat in the stadium, first a quick just like description of how the week in Indy was. Cold as fuck, first of all. Like easily <laughs> – the coldest I've ever been in my life. Like coming, like the night before, it was like nine degrees with the wind chill walking around in downtown Indianapolis. Um, but cool city though. Shout out to a lot of Colts fans out there who they were just coming off like a horrible, <laughs> horrible way to miss the playoffs by losing to the Jags. Um, so, uh, but yeah, cool, cool town. Uh, shout out to the Taco Bell uh, student tailgate giving out free beer, uh, which you know. <laughs> It's kind of surprising that a big company would put their name on giving alcohol to potentially minors. But anyway, you know, do what you do. Um, but yeah, so buddy, Buddy's dad came in clutch. Uh, his friend, anyway, long story short, the team doctor for the Pacers hooked us up with our tickets. Um, basically like 48-yard line, like only like 30 rows up from the from the sidelines. We were on the Bama side, though, so I had to deal with uh, – with, majority Bama folks around us, although in a, it was kind of weird. Like, the guys sitting directly to my left um, were actually, I think, neutrals because I really couldn't tell who they were cheering for at all. I think we were honestly in a spot where so many p- corporate people are getting seats that, like, there are probably some fans who are just like, okay, I'll go to the game. Um, but shout-out to the Bama friends and fans in front of me. Um, they're super nice. 
Uh, there was a okay. So tell me if you guys saw this in the first half, like pretty honestly in the first quarter. I think it was pretty soon. Although like my that whole game's kind of a blur to me now. It's like legitimately having breathing problems and heart palpitations. But um, there was a moment in the first quarter where Georgia. I mean, we sputtered on offense for much of the first half, but we started to kind of get a little bit of, of a drive going in the first quarter, and the like Bama trainers, like you know, rec- like injury staff runs onto the field but nobody's on the ground I, I don't know if the, the broadcast might have been on like something else at that point but like nobody was on the ground and so like play is having like Georgia can't snap the ball because these fucking idiots are still on the field and so I yell like get the fuck off the field and this older man and his like 30 something year old Bama daughter turn around and lose their mind on me in there um <laughs> But later in the game, the, the older guy was like, hey, I'm sorry. Like, I get you were just fired up. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, it's all good. Um, but shout out to those fans because actually they gave me their game program afterward. Uh, so that's cool. I got a memento from, from the game sitting over here. But from where I was sitting, though, I, I need to go back and watch a lot of the tape. But from where, from where I was sitting, drowning in the confetti at the end of it, uh, you guys, what you, uh, what you guys mentioned, I mean, second half adjustments were huge. Um, you know, I'm not gonna lie. After Bama moved the ball relatively easily in that first drive, had to settle for a field goal, but then Stetson Bennett on the first play of the game gets sacked. I was like, oh god, what? What did I just spend eight hundred and fifty dollars on right here? Like this is, this this is. I mean, I didn't think we were toast, obviously, but I was just like, this is this is not the ideal start. But um, I mean, just hats freaking off to the Georgia defense. Like, you know, I don't. I'm not here for the debate about the greatest of all time because different eras, all kinds of other stuff. Um, and I'm, you know, not enough of a college football historian to, to tell you, you know, I'm not going to say they're definitively the best, but they are the reason Georgia won that game because, you know, coming up with so many clutch stops um, in the red zone, forcing field goals. I mean, shoot, Alabama had were, were they had 12 points at one point in the game because Bama or Georgia had to force them to four field goals. Um, and then damn near in their first touchdown, Georgia almost forced them on the bullshit fumble call, which I'm sure we'll talk about that here in a second. But Georgia almost forced them to settle for yet another field goal. It took a third and goal uh, touchdown pass from Bryce Young to finally get a touchdown on the board for them. But, um, but yeah, the, I guess what I was just most imp- definitely most impressed with from the dogs was that defense. But, again, another – you know, you can't talk about this game and not mention Stetson Bennett. Um, I'd said on this podcast, so, so you know – don't want to hear any shit from you guys. You haven't been giving it to me anyway. But, like, I said, hey, you know, especially for the Michigan game sticks with Stetson, um, I really, you know, I'm not going to say I was all the way behind him, but I was definitely not clamoring for us to throw somebody else in there because at that point I thought he was the, the best we could do. Um, but a huge win for him just to prove all the doubters wrong. And, you know, it's not like he had an unbelievable game, but he definitely outplayed Bryce Young in the second half for sure. Um, and that, and that you know, was enough, was enough to get it done. And I'll definitely – go a lot I mean I'll remember watching that Keeley Ringo pick six at the end which has garnered a lot of like has become like the play of that game for for Georgia fans and has been like the highlight and I feel like you know with the you know other big wins in Georgia's history like the hobnail boot play and and you know the the I guess the Sony Michelle touchdown run in uh, or yeah in the Rose Bowl like the Keely Ringo's interception has kind of become the play but I want curious what you guys think like as well as I remember it I mean it seemed like the ball hung in the air forever like that just kind of put the icing on the cake for me I think 
the A.D. Mitchell yeah. touchdown or even the James Cook run. Um, and you want to talk about guys getting hawked. Like, James Cook got caught, too. So both teams, you know, not exactly, you know, burning people. But um, – what do you, what did you guys think of kind of the bigger the bigger plays in that game? Because I was sitting at halftime, you know, we go in. I think Georgia's down like what twelve to nine yeah. uh, or nine to six, something like like a three point game right around there. And I was telling my friend who I'd gone with, like, you know what, like we're playing like shit, but we're still in it. And like the play that is going to win this game has definitely not been made yet. So we'll we'll see what it comes in the second half. And for me, the first of those was definitely that James Cook run because up to that point, other than I think a long. George Pickens catch that only resulted in a field goal that was that was like the first you know tone setter play for the Georgia offense yeah I would say that the A.D. Mitchell I think was the most impressive thing to me just because that was the only time of the game that they were down at that point you know they had stayed maintained the lead for most of the game and it could easily go south right there and it was just an immediate response I mean it kind of reminded me of the Alabama drive to beat Auburn in the Iron Bowl just two what was it two three plays uh, a pass across the middle and then uh, the pass interference and then the touchdown, just long ball throws. So I think that was just the, how quickly they responded to that Bama touchdown to kind of tone everything back down. I thought that was really impressive. Yeah, for me, I don't know if you've seen this, Nathan, but in the post game when the when Kirby and Saban were shaking hands at midfield, Saban, you could, you could overhear Saban on the mic and he told Kirby, he said, hey, you guys really whooped our ass in the fourth quarter. And what sparked that was that James Cook run that set up that touchdown by uh, – Zamir White at the goal line, and that really just set the tone for the rest of the fourth quarter. But then the the AD Mitchell play was so badass when he was just mossing that corner. <laughs> I mean, Stetson didn't have to do too much; he just threw it up, and AD Mitchell just went up and made a play. And it was just a testament to how dominant Georgia was in the fourth quarter, and they really set the tone. Hmm. And yeah, but like big, I want to give Stetson Bennett a lot of credit on that play though, because I think that's a play that maybe JT Daniels makes, maybe he doesn't, but like definitely not a lesser experience quarterback makes because that was an offsides free play. And I think a quarterback who doesn't have the, the football IQ and the experience that somebody like a fifth-year senior in Setson Bennett has is like there's no reason. I, the, one of the things that just absolutely grinds my gears, things I hate in football, is there's a free play, but you see a quarterback just not either either take a sack or throw it away or throw it underneath. Like there's literally no reason to not throw it to the farthest guy because there's no consequences. And so when that happened, I was like, damn it, Stetson, you I see him, throw it to him. It doesn't matter if he's draped, it doesn't matter, like whatever, throw the ball to him. And he did and gave the chance for AD Mitchell to make a play. Um and, and that was huge. It's kind of a dime uh, too. Like I know we've kind of talked. Oh yeah, about it was. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was good coverage. Yeah. It, you know, I don't think Saban could have too much of a gripe with his DB there. You know, you just didn't make the play when it got there to him, and a freshman wide receiver doing it to him. So that's a bit of a something to look forward to for Georgia fans uh, in the years to come. But uh, also another freshman, Brock Bowers, grabbing a touchdown that really, you know, again, I need to see this in in hindsight, kind of knowing what happens. Because at the time, I was like, oh, wow, like that – that's a not quite a back-breaking touchdown, but I was just so nervous. I couldn't. Con- I was like, I'm not going to let myself get excited that this is that this that could have been the clinching touchdown. Because what did that put them up eight? I think um, at that point in the game, yeah. like Alabama definitely had a chance. I mean, a few minutes left to go down the field and try to tie and score, for, like score a touchdown, and go for two to tie. But um, but yeah, he had an awesome game. But I think you talk about Saban saying, you know, y'all kicked our ass in the fourth quarter. It was that drive, I thought, that was Georgia's offense, the best we've seen them all year. Because, you know, you've got a guy like A.D. Mitchell who had been, you know, solid all season, but definitely stepping up in the absence of George Pickens. And you had Brock Bowers, who'd been a revelation and probably the best 
guy handling the ball on our offense. But when it really mattered and Georgia needed to chew clock and put some points on the board, they ran it down Alabama's throat on that drive. Um, and like I kept the guys in front of me. I'm honestly surprised they were as nice as they were at the end because after every play, I, I, I probably said, give them a fucking dose. <laughs> like after every run, I said it over and over and over again because they probably ran the ball like six, seven, eight times on that drive. Um, but chewed a lot of clock and, and were able to punch it in for a score. And I thought just like after that, I'm sure Nick Saban was like, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty hard to come back from when you see your defense just get run like that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, hats off to Georgia. We all thought that it was going to take a big game offensively for them to win, but they still kind of just kept their identity, you know, just running the ball and then the occasional long ball in the passing game. So they didn't have to do too much to change up their offensive rhythm in order to get this one by. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much what we've seen all year. Offense doesn't do too much and the defense is stepping up. And with a defense as talented as that, and you don't have to face Mechie and Jamison Williams – in the secondary and your DBs have been if if you want to have a say they have a weakness I guess it's DBs even though they're still really good um when you don't have to face 2700 yards of receiving production it's gonna let your defense have a chance to make a lot of plays they were pressuring Bryce Young all night and then they couldn't capitalize when they had some chances so hats off to Georgia I think also the secondary played a whole lot better I know obviously Without Williams, it's not as big of a task. But I thought a guy, I don't know how to pronounce names, it Lewis Seen or Sine. Yeah, yeah. I, seen. He was a guy that He's I felt kind of got picked on in the uh, in the first game. But this game, I thought that he played pretty well. I mean, didn't he get the MVP? Yeah, he came up huge. Did he? Oh. Yeah, he won defensive MVP. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He had a big game then. They call him they call him the hitman because really he's basically just Jamal Adams yeah. for the most part of his career. Like he blows people up and like run defense and guys coming across the middle. But as far as coverage, you know that's definitely the weaker part of his game. But yeah, I want to give a shout out to that Georgia secondary too because again, all my memories of this are pretty anecdotal. I haven't gone back and watched it, but like I feel like I can remember a lot of pass breakups down the field where where Bryce Young was at least giving his guys chances to make plays, but. I can think of a few times that, like, I'm holding my breath and a Georgia DB comes up with a batted ball or maybe getting his hand on it after the receiver's gotten a hand on it too and forcing an incompletion. Um, and I think the number one thing, and I can't believe we've overlooked it to this point, is I'd been hollering at Georgia to do this all season because Bama, or excuse me, Auburn showed the blueprint, A&M showed the blueprint, LSU showed it. If you can get pressure on Bryce Young, He's still good, but he's a lot closer to earth than he is otherwise. And he looked like he was in a little bit over his head in that moment. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he, if he was. I mean, he's a, he's a freshman at the end of the day, um, facing the best defense he's seen all season. They're in his face almost every play. I mean, you saw he missed a wide-open touchdown um, on one of those red zone stops where Georgia forced a field goal because I think it was Channing Tindall or one of those uh, edge guys was in his face as he tried to get the ball out. You know, both of those interceptions are on just bad throws that we're not used to seeing him make. But at the same time, he made some of those throws against Auburn. You know, he made some of those against Texas A&M, and Georgia was able to capitalize on it. And just just credit to Kirby for, you know, I knew he was watching that film. He wouldn't have thought so after the SEC championship game, but he got he dialed up the pressure and it worked, and that, that I think was huge. Yeah, I mean, if Auburn and A&M and LSU and some other teams have had some success against Bama's offense with their defense can get pressure and slow them down, then you'd think surely Georgia's defense, which is head and shoulders more talented and better overall than all those teams. And so it was nice to see Kirby actually have a nice game plan defensively and their defense just dominated. Yeah. Yeah, and then just to kind of round things off, I mean, just what a 
what a statement win. Obviously, it's a national championship win, but I mean that validates like the 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 monkey is off the back. The Georgia can't win the big one thing is done with. He can't beat Saban. Done with. You know, being able to hoist. I was in Sanford Stadium for the for the parade and trophy celebration on Saturday. Hoisting that national championship flag was was sweet to watch. Um, all the merch with the national championship logos coming out. I've, I'm about to spend so much freaking money on that. Uh, <laughs> But although, what do y'all think of like? I wasn't a big fan of the actual shirts and hats the players were wearing on the field after. Why? Because they had Alabama on them instead of Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) The Kobe Dean, yes, he did. uh, He did. Maybe his Hoover roots or uh, or words. No, he's from Mississippi. Mississippi. I don't know why he's doing that. He hasn't uh, learned his alphabet yet. (laughs) Oh man. one and what can play? Going to going to be a top first round right, pick. What too, can so. play? Yeah. Um, but anyway, he uh, I w- I wasn't like I have no interest really in buying those shirts though. I don't know if y'all y'all probably actually didn't watch the celebration. No, I did not. So. And I also have no interest in buying the shirts for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't worry, Ferg. I'll get you. I'll get you one for a late birthday present. Oh, the shirts they were like black, right? Just, just black with like the Georgia. Uh-huh. I say like Victory Lane on it, like just leaning. I think a bit much into the Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. They have the like, Indy five hundred. Uh, <laughs> yeah. see Kirby in a race car. No, you know Kirby watches NASCAR. We, uh, you know he does. <laughs> nah, I honestly believe he watches nothing but football because dude, dude is locked, locked yeah. in. Um, but huge, huge win for the program, and hopefully the first of a few here. Like going into this game. I was reading a story that was kind of comparing Kirby and Saban, and like, at, I forget how old Kirby is at the moment, but to this point in Saban's life at that time, Saban had not yet won a national championship. Right. So, uh, so Saban, you know, started that dynasty much later in his life. So, you know, here's hoping. I mean, the Georgia's going to make him the highest paid coach in college football. He'll have no reason to leave. I don't think he ever will leave. He's at his alma mater, you know. So uh, he doesn't really strike me as a guy that the NFL is going to be too much of a lure for him because there's no price. I don't think that Georgia wouldn't match. So, uh, but, yeah, hopefully the best is yet to come. Now, want to toss things forward a little bit to next season. Um, We've seen – a lot of, of guys going pro, transferring from this Georgia team. Uh, you know, not key guys transferring necessarily. Um, but let me see if I can pull it up on Twitter. But, like, we've got basically all the Smiths are sticking around. Nolan, Chris Smith, Tyke Smith all coming back on the defense. But basically, you name it, of those big key difference makers on defense, they're gone to the NFL. So, uh, not to mention that James Cook and Zamir White um, at the running back position going no on. No way. George Pickens going. <laughs> James Cook uh, is gone? Yeah. No I don't way. believe it. James Cook opting yeah. not to get his doctor. Yeah, I'll believe it when around. I see it. We'll, we'll see. He'll come back. He'll come back. <laughs> yeah, opt out on draft day. Walk across the stage in a cap and gown at the NFL draft instead and be like, yeah, no, I'm going back. Uh, but so – you know, but you got to feel like at this point, though, especially with the way the SEC East is is down. I mean, I'll be the first to it, to admit that Florida is is you know definitely in the rebuilding mode. Tennessee thinks they're close, but then again, they fucking think that every year though. So uh, it's it's lining up for Georgia to kind of be in that sweet spot again. Of really, you take care of the two games you need to take care of, and you should be back in the playoff again. So uh, so you know we'll we'll see. What they got going, but Alabama's gonna look dirty again next year. I was telling my my roommate, he's a big Bama fan. I was like, y'all will had had Bama won this year, it would have been ahead of schedule because yeah. you know freshman quarterback Will Anderson, just a sophomore. Um, you know they they've got a lot of good football ahead of them too for sure. Yeah, I uh, you know looking ahead, 
I think another team to keep an eye on just for next year is that Ohio State team. Because, you know, we see the Michigan team, they lose a lot of big pieces. A lot of those top eight teams had a lot of seniors on the defense and they're gone. But that Michigan, I mean, that, that Ohio State team, they were a really young team this year too. Talk about Bama being ahead of schedule. I know Ohio State's losing the two big receivers, but they didn't miss a beat in that uh, Rose Bowl game. So I think that's a team to probably look out for next year. Yeah, I agree with you, Lay. Ohio State, with bringing C.J. Stroud back, he's probably going to be the Heisman front runner. Jackson Smith and Jigba, Trevion Henderson's coming back as a sophomore. That team's going to be dirty next year. And definitely, as a, as a Michigan fan, I'd say Ohio State's going to be easily the team to beat in the Big Ten. And, and yeah, Bama, you know, they just reload. And adding a guy like Jameer Gibbs and Bryce Young getting a year older, Will Anderson getting a year older, those are probably going to be the top two teams next year. And we'll just see if George can keep up next time around. <laughs> keep up. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Listen. 2062. That's the next one. That's all I'm saying. That's the next one. <laughs> hey, is that what you got to say now? Because you can't say 1980 anymore? No. I'll, I'll say 1980 right now. 1980. Dude, no, that's that's so funny because that's like in all the Auburn group messages I'm in, that was like the one thing that everybody was so mad because 1980 was like the only thing Auburn could say within the past like 10 years to Georgia, and now that's taken away from us. So that's pretty brutal. I mean, look, it's a it's a down bad day to be a, a Georgia hater because I was actually doing some of these running some of these numbers uh, the other day. Um, because, of course, Tech is my most hated Georgia rival, which most Georgia fans could care less about them because, you know, out of sight, out of mind. But you think about Tennessee and Georgia Tech, since Kirby Smart began the, the Kirby Smart era at Georgia in 2016, Georgia has the same amount of wins as Tennessee and Georgia Tech combined. And also, since Kirby Smart tar- started in 2016, Georgia has one more 10-win season at four than do Auburn, Florida, Georgia Tech, and Tennessee combined mm. since uh, since that year. So, uh, yeah, everybody else can suck it, basically. I think that's that's what it amounts to. I wish that's what the flag would have said in Sanford Stadium. just said, fuck you, double birds, literally to everybody. Um, but with that said, Ferg, you said Michigan fan a second ago. I, th- I thought you were in the portal. Are you just eternally in the void, the port just swirling around until <laughs> until somebody beats Georgia? Like, are you now running the risk of landing at like South Carolina if we like fumble the bag next year or something? Like, what, where are we at here since since Georgia won the national no, championship? I, yeah, I, I didn't mean to say uh, make it sound like I'm a current Michigan fan. I, I am sticking to what I said. I am no longer a college football fan. <laughs> I am all in on my Atlanta Braves, who are also world champions, and. You know, I, I, part, I partially bra- blame the Braves because they are the ones that broke the Georgia sports curse. And what do you know? Literally the same year, Georgia wins the national championship. But I'm sticking with just the Braves. No more college football for me. Unless Jeff Collins gets fired, then then I may make a re- comeback, even though I'll still be, still be pretty bad. But that would be the only way I'll come back to being a college football fan. I will support Jaw, though, because that's kind of cool. But once he's gone pro, which is basically after next year, no more football till Jeff Collins gets fired. <laughs> and if we're on schedule, that should be next year because we'll be able to afford to fire him next year. We don't have the really. Yeah, you got to save up for a little bit yeah. and put it on layaway. We, we don't. We don't have that. Uh, that SEC football money. That's for sure. We don't have that kind of <laughs> fan base. They don't give a shit about football at all. Well, you might get some more. You can make a donation yourself if the uh, bets uh, do a little better, but. Before we move on to that, I gotta rub this all in Lay's face just one last time. Again, dodging it for a week. 
Said he's going to run bowl season. Well, who came out on top? You didn't it come out. Hold up. was not. <laughs> yeah, he did. I think we tied. Hold up, what? We tied for tie first. I won on the dang. Tie you didn't. Tiebreaker. I oh, won on the tiebreaker, Lay. On what? Sick. Yeah. I, I can see I can see it in your eyes. The points, points scored points. in the national championship game. Mm. Look it up, Lay. Read it and weave. Right, open your fantasy app right now. I can see the gears turning. You don't believe me. <laughs> Look it up. Maybe that's why you're not feeling sick yet. <laughs> I, I was going to give you credit for actually just trying to avoid me this whole time, but you didn't even know. <laughs> no, won. I won the bowl pick yeah, yeah, But he thought he won. Y'all, y'all had see. the same record, but he Here. had a closer in points than you. He guessed closer. Oh, it's locked me out. I can't see. Oh, it. yeah, you're lying. You're I'm not lying. I promise. I promise. Well, okay. That's if you want, okay, it was your year if you want it. But I didn't get, I came in second, I guess. If right? I want it, I don't have to want it. I have it. No, I said, I said you won it. He did. Ah, okay, okay. All right, all right. So yeah, just once and for all, Lath. Don't just just shut. Just learn when the when the just be quiet, okay? Don't give me this run bowl <laughs> season, all right? Okay. <laughs> all right, I'm running, like, I'm running. I'm running next year. I'm running. Calling it right what now. Are the final college football standings here on the year. Let's see. Uh, I'm 26 and 14 and won the bowl pick'em. Lathe 19 and 20 and lost the bowl pick'em. And I just wanted to add on that it came down to the final game, Bama and Georgia. So that that Georgia win was big for more reason than one. Um, but before I get to another reason why it was big for me, shout out Indianapolis for legalizing gambling, Ferg. Catch us up on, uh, in theory, you've been opted out, so you shouldn't have anything to add here to this betting segment, but I have a feeling that's not the case. Yeah, you'd be right. So, going into the national... Start with college, though. That's Yeah, that's what I want to hear. I made two bets last week. They were big swingers. First one, Bama Moneyline, and, well... Free money, though, right? It's supposed to be free money. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I was following your logic with the Utah-Oregon game, but obviously Georgia's a different beast. And I've lost a hundred bucks on Bama money line, so that was tough. I was sitting in a hundred dollar hole. I actually forgot that I made that bet, and then I checked my my betting website after and said down a hundred bucks, and I was like, well, shit. And then I remembered <laughs> I bet on Georgia, so I'm like, damn, I need to get get back game. So I wanted to win a hundred bucks. You just tried to mentally block out that entire. Yeah, I, weekend. I, it never happened. What? Uh, anyways, um, so I wanted the NFL bet this weekend during the wild card round to uh, get me back to even, and I was. I didn't really like any of the spreads, so I was looking in some props, and I knew Dallas was going to choke. It, it's ine- it was inevitable. So I knew Dak wasn't going to have his best game. The odds for him of throwing an interception were at plus 105, so I said, fuck it, Dak's going to throw a pick. I tossed the, the 100 bucks on it, and I, it hit. The Cowboys choked. That's big on a, on a prop right big. there. And it, and it got me back to even when I was down 100. I, I was sweating it for a little bit because – the Cowboys uh, or uh, the 49ers defense had dropped a couple picks, and I was sweating it. But then they got the pick in the third quarter, and it was cash. So good week for me. And I'll give you credit for that one too, because they said on like a graphic at, at one point in the game that was like that can only throw t- thrown two picks at home. I think all season leading into that game. So uh, yeah, and so yeah, good and call, he hadn't man. thrown a pick since week 14 as well, which it was like a month. Yeah. But shout out for giving you the hint that the 49ers are going to do it to him, although I actually didn't put my money where my mouth is on that one. Um, but, yeah, is that, that about rounded yeah, you out? Yeah, that, that was anymore? it, just those two. Yeah. So, while I was up in Indy, took advantage of uh, legalized mobile sports gambling up there, which was pretty cool. Downloaded the MGM, DraftKings, you name it. Um, and they had, like, all these promos going where if you uh, correctly pick the national championship, you win $200 with the free bets. Uh, which I didn't know was actually four 
$50 free plays. I thought it was one big $200, which would have been nice. But um, it actually benefited me the fact that it was four fifty ones, though. Um, so with Georgia winning, obviously cashed that. Um, and then put 50 on, I think, oh yeah, I played it a little safe here. Uh, in hindsight, I'm not sure if I'm actually happy I did that or not. But I put 50 on either side of the Raiders um, and Bengals game. So that way I'd win $50 no matter what. Uh, which I was kind of surprised that App let me do that, but then I remembered like MGM doesn't care about my fifty dollars. That's literally less than a cent to them, probably. So uh, did that, and then uh, big shout out um, on some golf, you know. So that that had me had me nice up on the weekend. Then unfortunately uh, did not hit with had the cards plus four last night. I honestly was kind of rooting against it because as I've said on the pod, the Rams are one of my favorites um, throughout this season to win the Super Bowl. So. This, I mean, it was free play too, so I was like, hey, you know, whatever. It loses, it loses. I don't really care. Um, so happy for Matthew Stafford that they got it done, but could have helped my wallet a little bit more. Um, but I'm kind of, you know, unlike you, Ferg, I'm actually considering opting out here just because, God, NFL division rounds are, are hard to pick. And with that, we'll just go ahead and pivot full force into the NFL. Um, I mean, other than the Niners doing it to the Cowboys, I really couldn't foresee much of what happened um, in the wild card. We can talk a little bit about those games, I guess. Like, start with you, Lath. After, if you were to just base your picks off of solely what you saw in the wild card round, who is the best team in this playoffs left? I mean, not again, not what we've seen all season, just purely from what you saw um, in the first round of the playoffs. Oof. So, from what I've seen, the first round of the playoffs, ah, I mean, I don't, it wouldn't be smart to take uh, Bengals, but they were the most impressive looking team, I think, from the weekend. I mean, that offense was incredible and the defense looked solid so I don't I mean obviously I wouldn't pick them to win at all but if I had to say which team is in the best form using a soccer term there I'd probably go with Bengals you know Lay, I'm a little surprised you didn't rock with your bills there because the bills look mighty impressive this weekend against the Patriots I actually saw they had what you would call like an immaculate offensive game where they scored a touchdown on every single drive where they didn't do kneel downs they had no turnovers and no punts and their offense just exploded, and they really yeah. That's the first time in NFL history. Yeah, so, so I'm really surprised you didn't go with your Bills there. But I, I, if it was just based on the wild card round, I would say the Bills. Now moving forward, I wouldn't. But just they, I thought they were by far the most impressive team this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would go with the only thing about that is that they were playing a young, inexperienced QB. If they had that game against the guy, the veteran guy, or like an established offense, I'd feel better. But I mean, the New England offense hasn't been super impressive all year. And the defense has been what's given the Bills problems. So I want to see them play a better team and how they react. Well, well that'll you'll see that this weekend up against Mahomes yep. and KC at, down at Arrowhead. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah. Hmm. I will give Lath just a little bit of credit here so that way he doesn't feel like I'm bullying him with the Georgia talk here. But <laughs> Bills looked as good, you know, as they have all year. And you talk about going against – you can call him an inexperienced quarterback if you want. And Slick, all of the quarterbacks making their first playoff start uh, this year did lose. Um, except for Joe Burrow, I guess, since he was hurt and they didn't make the playoffs last year. But, I mean, you had Jalen Hurts look like shit. You had Kyle Murray look like shit. And you had Mac Jones look like shit. But you kind of exercised that that Patriots demon. I mean, you, for people forget, like, it was similar weather in Buffalo that the Patriots went in there and beat them. So, you know, I think, I think people definitely expected this to be a whole lot closer than it was. And so, you know, Belichick defenses don't give up 47 <laughs> points all that often. So, uh so big win for the Bills, but you know, I think, and again, I've kind of been on them all year, and we'll, it remains to be seen if I'll still be on them, given that they're playing the Buccaneers this week. 
But the Rams, the way that defense played, if they can replicate that performance, I don't think anybody's going to have success against them because that defensive front, you know, led by Aaron Donald and now with Von Miller coming in and making plays, like it's almost as if they were just kind of lying dormantly for the last few weeks of the season and decided to just unleash it in the first round of the playoffs because Kyler Murray couldn't breathe back there. And he's one of the most escape, escape artist mobile quarterbacks in the National Football League. And and he was throwing passes. I mean, he looked like he'd never played in another yeah. game. Yeah. That's how good that defense looked. And not to mention, that's just the front that was doing that. You've got guys like Jalen Ramsey in the secondary causing problems too. So, you know, they look like a team that that basically – I feel like in the NFL, good defense really goes a long way, especially in the playoffs. And if and that defense will travel too, and they'll need it to when they take on Tampa Bay um, this week. But, yeah uh, – so with that said, okay, we got the matchups set here: Bengals, Titans, Rams, Bucks, Bills, Chiefs, Niners, Packers. Um, a chance to see our two bye week teams. Obviously, didn't play last week. I want to hear you guys' thoughts on this because I almost honestly kind of forgot the Titans were in the playoffs <laughs> because it's it's they're not a flashy team. They're a really good team, but they're not a flashy team. And unlike the Packers, who had had that one seed locked up for a while and knew that they were going to be sitting at home the first week of the playoffs, getting ready for the second week. Everybody still talked about, even though they weren't playing, people talking about, oh, it's going to be tough to go into Lambeau and win. Nobody really said anything about going into Nashville and winning, which is what teams are going to have to do to go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. And I was taking a look at this at this lineup, or, you know, this this schedule going into the into the weekend, and I think the Bengals are in a pretty enviable spot, honestly, in terms of who they're playing. You wouldn't really think that being the lowest seed going into the to the number one seed coming off the bye would be a good spot, but like. I look across the board, and I don't want any part of any of these other teams. And I guess the Titans, if I had to pick a team to play, maybe it would be them. I don't know what y'all think. Yeah, I agree. There's there's just something gross about the way the Titans play football. Like I, I know they have a great running team, but if you – And they're getting Derrick Henry. Yeah, and Derrick Henry coming back, so that's big. But if you can stop that, I just – I don't see Tannehill winning a duel, a passing duel. If they have to throw the ball – I don't see them doing much with him. It's just, I don't know. There's something gritty, just gross about this team, and it makes me want to root against them. <laughs> well, I actually <laughs> like pulling for the Titans because I really like Derrick Henry, and I think Tannehill's a good quarterback, and I really like A.J. Brown. But, yeah, I mean, you're crazy if you'd rather play uh, the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead as opposed to playing uh, the Tennessee Titans in Nashville. With all the weapons they have at Kansas City, you, you don't want to play that offense down at Arrowhead. So, the Titans are definitely, or the Bengals are definitely in a better spot than the Bills. If I had to say something about it, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, you're, we're well versed on where you stand on the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm surprised you're not just throwing your fandom fully into into Kansas City, um, given that your only tie is the kicker, Harrison <laughs> Bucker. But hey, I'll go get my Mahomes jersey out of the closet right now. <laughs> I have no doubt that you will. But yeah, and looking at these other ones. I will say, talking about you know number one seeds, you know, I think Lath, you said something about the Packers being your clear favorite. I think a, a last pod or a couple pods ago, hard to know since I've been dodging it for weeks. <laughs> but um, I will say, I think the 49ers are probably the most ready-made team to go in there and cause Green Bay some problems at home because the 49ers, in kind of a similar way to the Titans, you know, they don't win pretty. They play good defense. They run the ball really well. Um, which I think is a style that can have success in the weather that you know you're going to get in Lambeau, going to be freezing cold, probably going to be, I mean, hopefully some snow. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, But something about just 
Kyle Shanahan and George Kittle and Debo freaking Samuel, who's looked unreal. I mean, they're just lining him up straight up at running back, and, and teams don't know what to do about it. Um, and, and Nick Bosa on the other side, like, I don't know. I just feel like as good of a coach as I think Matt LaFleur is, I think there's a very good chance that Kyle Shanahan has a plan that he's not ready for, you know, outcoaches him in this game. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to pick the Niners necessarily, but I can definitely foresee a, a game where – because you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna beat the Packers, you got to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. You just got to make that game ugly. And I think the 49ers are a team that's built to do that. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the Titans being the most favorable matchup. If I had to rank these teams of who I didn't want to play, I think I would probably put the 49ers at the top of that list, just because they seem to always get the scheme right, no matter who they're playing. It seems like they always got everything in a row. Um, and I mean, 49. I mean, Kyle Shanahan is. I think he's probably the best offensive nine, mind in the NFL right now. This is probably my favorite game uh, going into next weekend. I don't know. Do y'all think this is probably the best matchup, or what do you think? Well, I mean, yeah, I thought I thought the Niners Cowboys was by far the best last week. So there's no reason to think that, that this one's going to be any different. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Shanahan and Matt Fuller. That's an interesting matchup because I do agree with you, Lath. Uh, I think Kyle Shanahan's one of the best coaches in the league. I mean, we saw it when he was the OC with the Falcons, just how special he was, and he's had a lot of success at San Fran so far. So that's a pretty interesting matchup, but. I'm still not going to pick against the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, they don't lose till they get to the NFC Championship game. So I'd like, to see, <laughs> I'd like to see the Packers win a win a cold game at Lambeau. I always love seeing the cold games at Lambeau. But I think it'll be close. But I still think the Packers will come out on top. It is true about the NFC Championship. But they also remember the last NFC Championship they did lose was to the 49ers, I think. right? Or was that um, two seasons ago? I guess last year they lost, to the, did they, lose they lost the, the Bucks at home last year. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, okay. So we're kind of divulging into almost just straight up picks here. But before <laughs> we make our picks against the spread here, I guess, you know, previewing this Rams Bucks matchup, Ferg, you mentioned it um, off air before we started the pod. These have been the two teams I've said all year that I liked the most, especially coming out of the NFC, but honestly, just for the Super Bowl in general. Kind of bummed that they're already playing each other. I was hoping that'd be an NFC championship matchup. So that way I'd be guaranteed right on one of them making it to the Super Bowl. Uh, but this is a really, really interesting one. Um, you know, again, the Rams looked like world beaters last week. Then again, so did the Bucks. although I think the Bucks definitely played a lesser opponent. I mean, they had by far the easiest first-round game in playing the Eagles. I mean, a glorified bye week, honestly. Like, I'm not even <laughs> trying to just shit on the Eagles. I have nothing personally against the Eagles at all. But that's just not a playoff team. Um, not, not with the way they've looked all season. Uh, shout out to Miles Sanders, been an absolute fucking bomb on my fantasy team. So uh, maybe maybe I do have something personal against the Eagles. <laughs> I was about to say. But, uh, but, but yeah, the Bucks looked really strong. And it's just t- Tampa Tom in the playoffs, man. Like, he, he, it's hard to bet against him. And I don't know, you know, we're going to make picks here in a second, and I haven't written them down. I'm just going to go on a gut feeling here in a second. But, like, you know, as of right now, I think that spread's what? Like three. three, five and a half, actually? Yeah, yeah no, five and a half is the it's Packers. So, yeah, three. Um, I mean, absolute toss-up. Although, one thing I do feel confident in is we, we had a few blowouts in that first round. I don't think we're going to see any any in this round. Um, just too, too many good teams left in this final eight. Honestly, probably outside of, I guess, that AFC matchup, Bengals and Titans, it really would not shock me if any of the rest of these six teams went on to the Super Bowl. So, um, should have, be a really good weekend of football ahead of us. But before we make picks, any... Any thoughts, takes, things to look out for you guys want to hit before we get out of here? 
Nah, I'm good. Nah, I don't think so. Dang, <laughs> sit on a pod for 10 days and don't have anything. Well, that's Austin. All right. I mean, no surprise coming from Lath. I mean, he has a week to write stuff in the dock and he never does. Uh, but Ferg kind of expected a little bit better from you. Sorry. But. All right. So rather than just the three pickums, I mean, there's only, what is it, four games. So may as well pick all of them here. So first up, Bengals at Titans. Titans given three and a half at home that kind of feels like a lot i mean over a field goal definitely in a playoff game um we'll see you know what kind of rust derrick henry's working with uh, after his long absence i mean what i mean he went down definitely in the first half of the season so it's been a long time since he's seen action um, Bengals looked really good but i think just if in a toss-up which i think this is i guess i just got a lean home team here and i'll go titans i think they don't cover though three and a half sounds like a lot so i'm gonna say titans 24 22 yeah, I've got the Bengals winning this one 24-20 just because I think they're getting hot at the right time, and I think the Titans are going to come out a little rusty. So, Bengals 24-20. I have Titans winning, but like Nathan, not covering. I've got 27-24 Titans. I think Tannehill will make enough throws to A.J. Brown, and, and Derrick Henry's going to show everybody why he's the best running back in football, and they win a close one at home. Yeah. My thing with the Bengals is just like, when Joe Burrow's on, man, they, they can move the ball and put up some points in a hurry, but... We've also seen them just get run off the field a couple yeah. times this, this year, too. So um, the Titans have the formula. If they, if they can just lean on them with Derrick Henry for four quarters and just keep Joe Burrow off the field, like it'll, it'll cause some problems for the Bengals, I think, for sure. But next up, Niners at Packers. I think this is probably the one we're all most excited for, except for maybe Ferg looking at Bill's Chiefs. But uh, Niners-Packers. Packers, five-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Again, kind of feels like a lot. I guess if you just told us going into the playoffs that this would be the matchup and that would be the spread, you wouldn't be all that surprised. But the way the 49ers looked against the Cowboys, I mean, that's that they look super strong. And y'all both have the Packers. I, too, think the Packers will win. But I think if we all three pick them, the Niners are definitely going to win. So I'll go out on a limb like I've done much of this season, which has helped me so far. Lath, I will uh, – <laughs> We'll get to the to the records here in a little bit so you can see how well it's gone in my favor. But I'll take Niners in a close one. Um, let's go. Yeah, it's probably going to be higher scoring. I'll say 29-27. Yeah, I mean, this is another one that's a toss-up. Could go either way. You know, two blue bloods in the NFL. I like seeing the historical teams duke it out. I don't know what y'all think about that. But um, I'd go in with the Packers on this one. I think Aaron Rodgers just too much for him. And if it comes down to a duel between him and Garoppolo, I don't trust Garoppolo near as much. So I'm going Packers. I don't need 34-28. <laughs> yeah, I, I alluded to it earlier. The Packers don't lose until they get the NFC Championship game. So I think that they'll cover the spread and win this game, 37-28. to 28. Aaron Rodgers, that offense is just going to be too much at the end of the day. And Kyle Shanahan's offense won't be able to keep up. No. Yeah, I mean, this is a special Packers team. I think for the first time in a while – the, you know, maybe since their Super Bowl year, they've kind of gone the whole season with everybody being like, yeah, this is probably the best team in the NFC, even in an NFC with a bunch of good teams like the Rams and the Bucks. Uh, so it'd be a huge disappointment if, if they were to go out in this round. So, like, you know, if I actually was putting my money where my mouth is, it'd be hard not to, to pick the Packers to win here. But uh, but we'll see. Next up, Bills at Chiefs. This is kind of a little uh, away days rivalry here between Ferg and Lay. <laughs> Lay, the team, uh, been backing the Bills all season. We've been shitting on them for it. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll continue to shit on them. I think the Chiefs take care of business. But I'm hoping for a really good game. But I have a sneaking suspicion that, like, this is actually going to be kind of more defensive than people think. So maybe an under type of game. Uh, but, yeah, I like Chiefs. I'll go cover, too. They win by a field goal. Yeah, I'm a little worried about this one just because the Bills won the first meeting, I believe, and it was by 
uh, like 10 points or more. So it doesn't look favorable in terms of my <laughs> thoughts on that, but but I'm going to them. So riding to the Bills. So 31-27, I think the Bills get it done. Well, opposite of Nathan, I think this will be an overtime game. I've got 42-31 Chiefs. I think Pat Mahomes is going to cause fits for that Buffalo defense that definitely isn't what they're good at. They're definitely more of an offensive team. So I think the Chiefs win by 11 at home. I'll say the one thing I really am hoping for is this has the potential to be just like that Chiefs-Rams game Monday night a few yes. years ago. Yeah, Two great offenses, just you know, last team on the field wins. I mean, with the, with these two quarterbacks and the weapons they've got and the way they can put points on the board. So, like, that would be a heck of a game to watch um, if it ends up like that. So, hopefully it doesn't end up like my under. Hopefully it's closer to what Ferg's got. Um, and then lastly, Rams at Bucks Again, my two, my two darlings here. Uh, I really like the Rams, man. Like, I, I hope Matthew Stafford can make it to a Super Bowl. That would be so awesome. But, like, you just can't pick against the defending champs at home. So I'm going to go Bucks in a close one. Heartbreaker for Stafford. But, hey, he got a playoff win, so he's probably in the Hall of Fame now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with the uh, with the Rams in this one just because, I, I mean, winning. When, when's the last time an NFL team has repeated in a Super Bowl? I know it's early, but Broncos. I just – I don't think – was Patriots. it Broncos? No, it was Patriots 0-3-0-4. Okay, well, either way, very hard to do. Uh, and the Bucks have lost a whole lot of weapons. Granted, people were saying that about him last game, but I think now when you compare them to the star power that is the Rams, it's going to be too much this week. Rams 33-30. I got a big win for the Bucks, 34-17. You can't bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs, especially not at home with a team that's coming all the way from L.A. to Tampa Bay. And I think that defense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is going to show up just like they did to shut down the Kansas City offense in the Super Bowl last year. I like the Bucks to advance to the NFC Championship game. All right. Well, that'll just about do things. No, uh, no soccer here. I think the the future of the pods kind of up in the air. We got to figure out how we how we're going to move forward if we're going to move forward, especially with these two just shirking their duties. I mean, we might have to. I didn't think I'd have a hiring shortage like every other uh, business in the in the world right now what with COVID. But I mean, having trouble getting these guys on the dang phone. Well, you got to put up so, the benefits, uh, and then we'll be then we'll be all in. That's <laughs> got to raise the minimum yeah. wage from zero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, I think we'll probably just be rocking football from here on out. Maybe if, they, if that's shorter pods, that's shorter pods. Because, uh, you know, the only people we'll be disappointing here, I think, is uh, Late's dad. And he only listens for the football anyway. So shout out to, uh, to Mitch. But um, so, yeah, stay tuned. Hopefully we can actually do a pod on schedule after these playoff games and uh, come back with some, some conference championship previews and a Super Bowl preview. But until next time, how about them fucking dogs? Thanks. Thank you, boys, for finally owning up to it. Thugs still.